Oh, okay. All right. Um, let me think of a good one. Let's. No, let me think of a good one. You put me up to it. I'll do it. Um, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. I'm trying to think of a good one here. A good intro. Uh, fuck it. Welcome everyone to Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors episode number 29. Brought to you in part by the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean, where you can find this great show and so many other great retrospective pro wrestling podcasts all available over there. You can find that on uh, Google Play. You can find that on Apple Podcasts. You can find that on Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, and any other podcast platform available. Search Retro Mania with a W and you will find it all there and then some. I am one half of your hosting squad Dave Rosenbluth this week in the last two weeks I've been flying solo I've been riding dirty all by myself but this week I am not doing it alone this week we have a very special guest for you an individual that you're all very familiar with the mayor of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network back by popular demand well my demand I should say it wasn't very popular but it was my demand nonetheless uh <laughs> Kobe Knighter what's up dude Hey, what's up, man? Um, really glad that you carried the flag for the ship and uh, held down the other side of Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, as you always do with Kicking Out at Two, but you also carried the flag for Marking Out the Days for the past two weeks. I had some real-life issues, basement flooded, uh, car flooded, uh, just a lot of flooding shit going on what's going on we're we're getting flooded with stuff as we are with wrestling in real life oh yeah but that's enjoyable yes um but uh the real life stuff kind of hits you hard in there here and there um but i will say to everybody i'm making up for it you're gonna get gaijin wrestling radio october and you're gonna get a special spooky bonus episode part one which will lead up to the survivor series of this upcoming november uh for the part two so stay stay tuned for that and look into your feeds and uh yeah i i appreciate everything you've done dave yeah you and i are a team retromania pro wrestling podcast network we're gearing up on a year anniversary of you and i teaming up yeah yeah it's been it'll be it'll be a year at the end of december um and uh, this uh, this this little trek, this little journey that we've been going on has been a, has been a fun one. It's we've hit some bumps in the roads, but for the most part, we we've, we've hung in there. We stuck together. We found a good groove, and uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna be a little disappointed if uh, WWE Network doesn't step up their game and add more episodes of Superstars. Otherwise, you and I are gonna come up with some new ideas to uh, to, to to talk about when it comes to uh, wrestling podcasting here on the network. But um, you know, I, I I was glad to be able to help out. You know, I know how it goes you know people have real lives and things go on and i've been in, i've been in your situation before so um anything i can do to help out the team and help out the network and make sure that we have a consist- consistent flow of content for all of our great listeners i'd be glad to help out any way i can so uh yeah that that that, that about does it absolutely and uh, speaking of a consistent flow and uh catalog of shows and archives you want to let everybody know what's going down last week 
this week and next week on Kicking Out at Two. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Last week we had um, the Halloween Havoc 1997 watch party. Chris Donovan joined me. We watched that show from start to finish um, on WWE Network. That show, of course, is famous for the Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio mask versus title match. Got to watch that. that Enjoyable show. That was a, as well. Yeah, the show I wasn't the show that. wasn't bad um, in terms of uh, you know uh, overall quality and content. There was some shit on that show. I'll be honest with you. Some stuff that um, they could have moved off the Halloween Havoc card, considering the roster that they had. But um, overall, Chris and I had a fun time doing that. Um, this week, we bring to you the very first kicking out of two Survivor Series Fantasy Draft, where uh, Chris Donovan, who is a big fantasy sports guy, he does fantasy drafts for just about every sport, baseball, football, college hoop, um, even uh, MTV's The Challenge. Him and I watch that show. We're part of a fantasy league there. Um, what? Yeah. Crazy, Dave. I know. It's pretty cool. Your wife got you that invested. My wife got me invested, and then my buddy Chris, who works with me in my regular job, my, my bill-paying job, um, he, uh, he 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 got me into the league, and so my wife and I are, are a singular team with the MTV Challenge <laughs> show. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. We, we, you know, we have a lot of fun with that. So we had a lot of fun recording... Um, the, uh, the the Survivor Series Fantasy Draft. We picked our own individual teams. We had a point system uh, based on uh, their history in Survivor Series and a bunch of other different credentials. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and next week, uh, in the spirit of uh, the upcoming War Games, uh, NXT TakeOver War Games event, uh, a match that was voted by all the listeners of Kicking Out of Two in the polls we're going to watch on WWE Network. It's the 1996 War Games match from the Fall Brawl event. It's the NWO... Ooh versus WCW. This is the early stages of the NWO storyline. Uh, it's Hogan Hall, Nash, and the Bogus Sting taking on mm-hmm. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, and the real Sting in the NWO-WCW War Games match. Like I said, voted by all of you in the polls. We're not going to watch the, the whole show. Uh, we're just going to watch that match. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for that coming up next week here on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. That's always fun. Do you remember the uh, illustrious game, WCW versus NWO World Tour? I um, I do remember World Tour, um, but I didn't From play it. N64 on N64. Yeah, I didn't play that game, though. I remember World Tour, and then when Revenge came out, WCW, NWO, Revenge, that was my game. That and, and yeah. WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy, those were my wrestling games. As a matter of fact... Um, Chris uh, Donovan, who uh, hosted the, uh, the the Survivor Series draft with me, he um, he's still got a Nintendo 64, and he happens to have a couple of those games. And we've actually talked about maybe doing a Facebook Live video of us Dave. playing the WCW NWO Revenge game. Let's do it. Like, I'm down. I'll bring mine. I have my N64. Oh, yeah? I have, Let's do it, man. I have the Japanese games. I have the American games. I have every single wrestling game for N64. Holy cow. The NWO, WCW, the, the, the WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy. Oh, yep. man, dude. No Mercy. That's yep. awesome. Dick, nigga, dog. And I have Fire Pro Wrestling as well, which is the Japanese version of all. I've never played that. How is that? It's so cool, yeah. man. Like uh, Sean Grukowski and I okay. from uh, Moho Radio, we played that. And it was like a, I, I got it straight from Japan, but it must have been owned by a, like a half Japanese, half American kid or something. Like that was a fan. 
and built his own character, so he had to reset everything eventually. But there's Jushin Thunder Liger in the game. There's mm. Big Van Vader. There's fucking Dr. Death Steve Ooh, Williams. Yeah, there's Terry Doc. Gordy. There's, uh, there's so many characters in this game. Very uh, cool. You got um, Kenji Muto. Mm. Like KG Muto, um, you have like just uh, it. It's just great. Abdullah the Butcher. Um, it's it's awesome. Very cool stuff. Very cool. But I had to have uh, my Game Shark. Remember Game Shark? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I do. I'm bringing it back, definitely. Okay. Because this is a retrospective nostalgic pos- podcast network. Of course, yes. that's what we do here. That's right. Um. Yeah. So Game Shark, I have that for N64, but it translates the Japanese to English. You have to put it in a certain code. So I had to hack down that code and find that and do all that. But it, it it's like, dude, it's it's not the best English to dr- Japanese translation. Okay. Or Japanese to English translation. Should I? Yeah. It is. Uh. It it's a mess, but. Sean and I had fun. Uh, we should have to. We should really do that. Like I want. I've always dreamed of like a um, a fantasy like tournament. Okay. Like a big, big tournament or a big Royal Rumble. Okay. You know. Yeah. Like a with the game or a best of series. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Like, we uh, we we should do something we can, like we that. can make that happen. Yeah. yeah. When 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 your schedule opens up and if you want to come visit the. Visit uh, Connecticut, or if you know my schedule opens up and I'll come down to the South, as you would like to Absolutely. refer to it, then yeah, we can uh, we, we 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 can make it happen. Absolutely, good old Maryland coming coming straight from the South uh, here in Maryland. Um, let's let's get into this episode here. You want to do our one and dones, which you've actually introduced to me and we've brought onto this podcast. Marking out the days. Yes, yes, one and done. Uh, a, a concept I feel like the the, the you know is has got room to grow and room to expand. Um, you know, we we originally started our one and dones as um, you know uh, you know uh, our first initial thoughts on NXT or um, AEW, but um, we can turn it into a weekly thing where it's just anything in wrestling. There's one thing that just caught your attention this this whole week, and then you talk about it at length, good or bad. Um, the last few weeks, I've been kind of on the AEW uh, train here when it comes to my one and done, and I'm gonna stick with it. A couple weeks ago, um, it was a a brutal, brutal trashing of Private Party, which I still feel to this day they fucking suck. Um, yes. And uh, and then last week, um, I had glowing uh, praise for the Cody Rhodes. Um, Tony Schiavone uh, limo ride segment. However, uh, excuse me, I have to yawn. I'm so sorry. You can leave that in the podcast too if you want, because um, <laughs> I really don't care right now. <laughs> but um, I care about doing the show. But you know, um, just yes. the fact that I yawned, I, I don't give a shit anymore. Um, anyhow, uh, I'm gonna give my one and done to um, to Cody again. Um, and the hell of a promo he cut on AEW this week, um, pretty much uh, putting the stipulation out there in the match with Jericho at full gear, which is set to take place tonight when this podcast drops, uh, that um, if he does not defeat Jericho, he will never, ever compete for the AEW world title again. He kind of uh, brought the um, 
the comparisons up that people have compared him to his father being a star in the ring but also a member of management so he's trying to break that mold and uh, if he does not win the championship then uh, he will no longer compete for it which I thought was a, a pretty interesting uh, uh, stipulation yeah. however um, the, par- the, the, the the passionate um, display in his promos what really got me he was talking about how you know it, it took him 14 years to be un, undesirable to undeniable and the, just the void everything you hear in the promo is just really really good stuff made, made, made me want it you know made me want to see that match even more um, talking about his family and the importance of them going into this match and how important it is for them um, as he goes to face Jericho I mean just they've made it a real big time match and I think they've done a good job of it and the promo I dare say um, he doesn't really have many great promos to compare to but this is a career promo right here that he cut um you know right now we're going into full gear with jericho so um that's my one and done is his promo uh from aew very cool very cool um my one and done is going to be a new inclusion of another territory or uh, wrestling promotion if you will nwa power I've been so impressed with this, Dave. The last four weeks that I've watched, it's great. Like, it's a 45-minute show to 50 minutes, and it's, it's, it's simple storytelling. It's no music, no riffraff, none of that. It's just the wrestlers coming out, and they're wrestling, and you're doing storytelling with, like, simple wrestling, like, old-school um, ways of... Of, of booking a territory or, or having a weekly show. Yeah. And it's done really well. Um, Eddie Kingston, or Eddie Kingston, that's his name? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's really uh, taken my attention as well. Okay. Just the, the stuff that he's done about being like, you're not a real outlaw, and you, you, you know, like, and James Storm, and... Uh, their champion Nick Aldis, uh, and especially um, the guy from TNA. What's his name? I'm blanking on it. Homicide. Right now. No, 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 not Homicide. The guy, uh, Eli Drake. Okay. Yep, yep. Yep. Eli Drake. Like they're all great. I mean, even Homicide is great. Like all these guys, even Colt Cabana. These are great personalities that they're putting in front of the camera to lead this uh, promotion. I think they all do a great job, man. And it's like it's it's a throwback to the the mid eighties days of NWA TNA or NWA television, uh, like in a studio broadcast area, like in a uh, in a small studio, but it's it's modernized. Yeah. Um, it, it's done really well. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I've enjoyed it too. Um, I've caught it every Tuesday. I've uh, actually done some watch parties on kicking out a two. Uh, exactly. Let's uh, let's let everybody know where we can find that and do that because that's a fun thing to do. Yeah, last two weeks I didn't do any because uh, scheduling conflicts. Uh, hoping to get back into that very soon. But uh, uh, every Tuesday at six oh five, when NWA Power the feed is available, um, I, I try to put it up in a in watch party form on the kicking out a two Facebook page, so you guys can all join us there to watch NWA Power. Uh, try, like I said, I always try to create a fun, uh, positive 
of pro wrestling experience and environment for fans with kicking out it too and you know reliving our nostalgia with studio wrestling with nwa power i think exemplifies that so uh yeah hopefully i can do it every tuesday just you know skim through the page on tuesday evenings um on kicking out of two facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two and uh you know hopefully it'll be up there and you can uh, watch it with the rest of us and have some fun absolutely so that's it for my one and done um anything else before we get started on this date of november 7th 1992 no man i think i think we're looking good i think we are looking good so uh you want to start us off with the wwf Superstar. That's right, from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, ah, where's that? Where's that? That's Canada, eh? Yeah, yeah, eh. <laughs> you know, you better respect my country, respect my people, or I will talk shit about you. I will hold a grudge with you forever. Even if you, <laughs> even if, even if you make up with me and we draw a lot of money. Uh, I'm still gonna hold a grudge with you, um, even if you. Holy shit! Everybody, Dave perfected his Bret Hart bitter Bret Hart accent. Even if you bring, even if you bring me back, and uh, you know you put me put me in the Hall of Fame, uh, I'm still gonna hold a grudge with you because uh, I've been concussed and I'm bitter, and <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, cancer didn't humble the hitman. <laughs> oh Jesus. It didn't. He's a fucking asshole. I know. I used to respect right. the shit out of him. As much as you shit on him, I can do for Owen Hart then. Well, yeah. we'll balance it out that way. Yeah, okay. All right. Balance. Yeah, balance. That's the key word. <laughs> balance. Sorry. Wow. Go ahead. Didn't Guys, he'll be here all week. Try the fish before it turns, all right? Um, Superstars, November the 7th, 1992, from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Which, by the way, Vince reminds us in the opening that they're from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. The same venue where Bret Hart defeated Ric Flair to become the WWF champion. Um, And he talks about the recent election passing and that Bret wasn't elected the champ, but he rather took it from Ric Flair. Which which prompts Mr. Perfect to interrupt McMahon to discuss the celebration uh, that Money Incorporated should be having from their tag team title victory the previous week. However, they are scheduled to face high energy in a tag team title match on this week's episode of Superstars because I guess they earned a title shot. Um, and then Yeah, because Coco put so much energy into high energy. <laughs> And Isn't that like interesting though? Like, uh, do you think this is all in the same TV taping? Um, where Brett won the title before, and then they kind of booked these matches after. Could be. Think they book book these matches before, and then Brett won it at the end. Yeah, it could be. It could. It, I would imagine. I would. I would imagine that they probably put Brett on last, considering you know he's a local. You know, he's from Canada. Um, okay, you know, so the title we're watching like from a couple weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, who? I mean, from the same TV taping, I'm sure, but I'm I'm guessing Brett and Flair probably went on last. That's just my guess. Who knows? Um, but uh, you know, perfect. Perfect would uh, go on to say that Jack Tunney should be impeached for his actions um, involving uh, you know putting Money Incorporated in this tag team match. As, begin, as Vince begins to run down the, this week's show with the tag title match, a special musical tribute to Brett the Hitman Hart, um, who by the way was pictured with the Intercontinental title. So Kevin Dunn, if you're listening, you should have been <laughs> fucking fired. Um, 
Head Shrinkers are also going to be in action. A special interview with the Big Boss Man and the debut of Damien Demento. Um, we open with uh, Max Moon going one-on-one with Louis Spicoli, minus the jetpack. Uh, but he's got freaking laser beams attached to his freaking <laughs> arms. Throw me a freaking bone here. Vince is the boss. He needs the info. Max Moon with the freaking laser beams shooting them off into the crowd. And no, he did not get one million dollars to shoot those freaking laser beams with sharks on their freaking heads. <laughs> fucking, he really got me there, man. Yeah, no jetpack, but he fucking compensated for, for. I'm sorry, Johnny B. Bad's bad blaster in his fucking wristwatch. Um. Max Moon delivers a flying crossbody press off the top rope for the victory. As we get clips from last week's tag team title match on the Wrestling Challenge Superstar Simulcast. Um, talked about it on last week's show. The uh, involvement of the Nasty Boys in the pre-match. Taking the money and still beating the shit out of Money Incorporated. That's what I would have done because I'm a greedy yeah. fuck. Um, and then the Head Shrinkers showing up costing the natural disasters the tag team titles. And then the post-match where we saw Jimmy Hart get thrown off the... the, the, uh, the the, the announcer's uh, podium um, onto Money Incorporated. I thought that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good segment. They recapped that for us uh, in case we had missed it. Um, and then we go to commercial. We come back from the break, and it's the Head Shrinkers going one on one with Jumpin' Joey Mags and Brian Costello. And uh, we get a picture in picture promo from Afa, who says that they feel no pain and that they will give us all pain as he eats a styrofoam coffee cup because apparently Samoans are just cavemen and they, re- they eat random stuff while walking around the island barefoot. Um, Vince goes on commentary and says he can't tell the two of them apart because apparently also Samoans, they all look alike too. Fucking Vince. Mm. Um, Fatu hits a top rope splash on Costello for the win. Once again, uh, nothing to see here. Standard uh, yeah. standard. No, jumping match. Joey Mags, though. Yeah, he wasn't jumping. He was just Joey Mags. But I remembered him as jumping Joey Mags, so I just thought I'd slide that in there. But thanks for reminding me. Um, Sean, He's going to show up on the next show. Yeah, he, yeah, jumping Joey Mags will show up on the next show. Um, anyhow, uh, we uh, we move on to an event center with Sean Mooney. Oh, wait a minute. Sean Mooney is honeymooning, so Gene Mean is filling in for him. But he's managed to spare enough time from his new bride on this honeymoon to do a voiceover promoting Ico Pro. Um because even on your honeymoon, you've got to want it. Um, then Gene promotes Saturday night's main event for the following week. Doesn't announce any of the matches because he's either forgot them because he was partaking in a few pre-show cocktails or creative couldn't figure out the card while waiting for their mechanical issues to be fixed in Saudi Arabia. Oh! Ooh. Am I 27 years too soon? <laughs> Maybe. Dave is on fire tonight. Kamala green screen promo, guys. <laughs> Harvey Whippleman says they gonna have a cuffing match with the Undertaker. Oh, hey now, I didn't know Survivor Series brought a whole new meaning to the cuffing season for some of us folks here. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, Whippleman promises Kamala's gonna do bad things to the Undertaker while his soon-to-be diabetic ass slaps his belly and makes baby seal clubbing noises while Kimchi can't keep him under control. 
Uh, then we get another. Everybody. Then we get another green screen promo from Tatanka. He talks about yes. his upcoming showdown with the model Rick Martel, and the only reason why he signed for this match is because his favorite little chief in Indian, Kobe Nida, was bitching that their angle never got resolved from <laughs> April of earlier that year. He promises yeah. to overnight FedEx the buffalo feathers to Kobe when he wins the match of Survivor Series. Ye- 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 he ye- also ye- calls ye- it no. He calls it survival. Survival. Series. That's right. I, yes. Good. You know what? I caught that too as well. Um, it's survival series. I'll get you, I'll get my feathers back. <laughs> Thank you. Please. And if I come to your it, town, because we if I come twenty nine <laughs> fucking weeks, dude. Man, that's the longest fucking feud I've ever heard. Of. And they didn't touch once. Wow, that's like fucking Sabu and Taz, but with no heat. Uh, <laughs> for real, they didn't touch forever. It's just all feathers. It's just all teasing yeah. and tickling. <laughs> French tickling, uh, <laughs> French Canadian tickling. If you're Rick Martel, <laughs> we go to a commercial. We come back from the break, and it's six foot four, four hundred twenty-five pounds of burning fire, ready return, ready to return to action in the WWF, and it's Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, I actually thought this was love pretty, these promos. I did too. I like the little digital screen in the background with the flames, and you know, I thought that was pretty cool stuff. His intensity too. Yep. Oh yeah. He. Uh, you know he. Bigelow, Bigelow was a um, very underrated big man, number one. But number two, um, you know, he made you believe. He was one of those guys that, like, for me as a kid, I mean, I knew wrestling was predetermined. But, like, he, like, he intimidated me watching him, just looking at him. I mean, when you got a guy. He's going to hurt the guy. Yeah, when you got guys that have tattoos on their fucking forehead, come on. Like, he was yeah, doing that, that was shit unheard before. Of. That was very, like, my prior guest back in. Earlier days of marking out the days, Raymond Faya, um, he he mentioned like back in the day we thought wrestling was still still real, but when you saw people with tattoos, you thought they were dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Now that's not like that's like tattoos are common. Disclosure, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. You know what I mean? So. Anybody in all walks of life. Um, then Vince, uh, <laughs> man. Vince with his fucking smooth trans- transitions on commentary says the fires of Haiti will be burning as Virgil makes his way to the fucking ring. Um, oh God. He's taking on Jim Peterson who allowed Helen Keller to design his ring gear. Um, <laughs> I've talked about him before because he always fixes his crotch area oh and it looks goodness. like he's like a pseudo Russian. Vince also says on commentary the power of IcoPro is helping Virgil. Yeah. Are you sure that's fucking IcoPro? Or is that that fucking spaghetti thawed crack? <laughs> it was the nine ninety nine salad and breadsticks from the Rumble in the Jungle Garden. <laughs> the Rumble in the Jungle Garden. And then, and then we get a picture-in-picture picture promo from Virgil. Um, and, then, and he says that as a kid, he admired Bob Backlund the most, and he's glad he's making a combat, comeback, and he tells Bob, good luck. And that, my friends, actually sounded coherent in the highlight of the match. Career promo, Verge. Way to go, It pal. was. the I, I tried to find any way to make fun of it, but I couldn't. No. And I'm surprised that you even brought that up. Thank you very much, Fucking Dave. cue cards. He must have had cue cards or he... Or he didn't, he didn't smoke crack from Davy Boy's fucking fanny pack that day. Um... Is you know thinking about it now, you know looking back, like his push would have might have been worth it after all after that promo. Um, oh yeah. But then uh, you know once I think that that was the highlight of this segment, I get trumped again as we get a clown sighting in the match. Um, 
And, uh, you know, the, the second, week in, second a row. week in a row, we get a clown, not by name, but we all know uh, eventually it will be revealed. His name is Doink. Um, spoiler alert. Um, Virgil wins with the Russian leg sweep and the clown celebrates in the stands. And uh, Now, is this, is this actually the original Doink? Yes. Or the Doink that we know that was on WCW as who did we know from the earlier days of Marking Out the Days? Uh, Matt Bourne, Big Josh. This is Big Josh. Yeah, this was this was Big Yeah, this was Matt Bourne who played Big Josh. He was the, he was this Doink, this version of Doink. Um he was always this version of Doink until he left in late 93, I want to say. Um but anyhow. That would be two other people Ray Apollo would play the the baby face Doink the majority of the time, but then they had bunch of different guys filling in. Steve Lombardi when he wasn't giving fucking Pat Patterson a blowjob. Skinner. Skinner, I think, played Doink at one point. Um, yeah, fucking, you know, everyone Interesting played Doink. stuff, though. We get to experience the debut, and like you said, that last week of WWF Superstars, it fucking just swamped WCW because of the debuts, because of the way they... The developments and the stories... Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, the debut of Yokozuna, Doink was on the show. Fucking the tag team title situation, like everything was going on in this show. It was it was the best episode of Superstars I'd watched since we've been doing this. Absolutely. I mean, easily, Absolutely. hands down. Um, we uh, we go to or we, we Vince sends it to Lord Alfred Hayes with the WWF magazine. Lord Alfred Hayes, Hayes, Hayes. Um, would you would you mind uh, uh, doing it for me? Lord Alfred Hayes, Hayes, Hayes. No, not that. The other one that you you do that, that crash. Sean Mooney. No, not that one. The one with 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 the one with Lord Alfred Hayes when he the, the oh. promotional consideration paid for by the following. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I thought that was going to be a smoother transition. From now on, every time it Lord Alfred out. Hayes comes on the screen, that's your fucking cue. All right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Noted. Can you just do it one more time? I thought that was pretty funny. Promotional consideration <laughs> paid for by the following. <laughs> you sound like Alfred Hayes can't keep it together trying to read that. Like he's laughing. It's, it's Lord Alfred Hayes, Hayes, Hayes. <laughs> I thought. It was like Lord Alfred Hayes did a cameo on fucking Fat Albert. Like, <laughs> for real. Anyhow. He did make that cartoon. It's Fat Albert, but it's Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Somebody do that, please. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be awesome. Um, anyhow, uh, Hayes recaps last week's events that transpired between Shawn Michaels and the returning Marty Jannetty, which we all saw Jannetty make the return, attack Michaels, and then go for uh, go for the heart-shaped mirror, ready to nail Michaels, and Michaels threw Sherry in the way, and Sherry was the one that ate the mirror. Um, pretty cutting-edge stuff um, at this time. Um, you know, a, a male hitting a female um, at this time, and I was surprised looking back on it when, when you watch it um, that they actually went this route considering all the scrutiny the company was under you, you know heading into the steroid trial I mean you would think that they would try to keep everything as squeaky clean as possible but you got dudes hitting fucking bitches with mirrors in the face it's like holy shit yeah it, it appeared accidental but at the same time as we get into WCW we're going to experience some more male versus female stuff yes 
Yes, we cutting will. edge for the time of 1992. Yes, very cutting edge. Um, we go to commercial and we come back from the break as it's Vince and Mr. Perfect introducing us to a video tribute of the new WWF champion Bret Hart, and we see uh, you know clips, you know highlight reels, you know. What do you think of this video? Um, well, originally, um, it's it's, it's Tom, Petty. Tom Petty making some noise. Uh, yes. But obviously they couldn't get the rights because Tom's dead and they didn't. Vince didn't want to fucking pay, so they gave us this generic version. Um, the video I've seen it before. But the 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 ripoff song is very in key with it. Yes. Like, oh yeah. yeah, it goes along with the clips. Yeah, no, it 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 was it was a solid you know remake of it so to speak. But um, yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, and I guess I thought that was impressive at the time of 1992 to get Tom Petty to do a Bret Hart song. Yeah, or vignette for like a video package. No, I agree. I thought I don't. I, I don't appreciate that until now. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, in 1992, we're not like clapping our hands, being like, "Yay, way to go, Vince! You got Tom Petty to do a voice or a video package for Bret Hart." Yeah, <laughs> we're so no, we're certainly not, not doing that at nine or five, six years old, whatever the fuck. Uh, oh yeah, but yeah, no, I thought overall it was good, and it was a nice way to introduce the audience to Bret. Um, because since he won the title in the la- on the last few episodes, um, he hasn't been on superstars other than just like you know pre-tape interviews or you know clips showing the victory. So this is Shawn Michaels. You want my Intercontinental title? Oh, my Intercontinental title is gone. British Bulldog. This isn't a family matter. Oh, that's done. Papa Shango. You put a curse on me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's the champion. Yeah. You know, it's like it's very sporadic for him throughout this year of 1992 that's why i was so confused as a kid like i didn't think he wanted them until i collected the vhs's in saul um like when he first went up against yokozuna and lost and then hogan comes and saves him i thought like that was his first uh attempt at the title yeah and then i watch WrestleMania 10, and then I find the other tapes later. I'm like, holy shit, he's been the champion before. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was weird the way they did this. But we talked a lot about the steroid trial, a lot about trying to train, change the transition of or the trajectory of WC, or WWF in the light of WCW at the time being more technical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, after this video package. No, no, that, no, that's okay. No, it's a great analysis. I, I, you know, I'm certain I'm, I'm, I'm certain the listeners would appreciate it, as, as I do myself. Um, we go to commercial, we come back, and it's the debut of Damian Demento as he takes on Steve May. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really understand what a Damian Demento was. Um um, but in his picture in picture, he told us that he's a creation of our minds and torment. Um, so there you have it. Uh, that was a standard debut so squash match. jerk off? De- de- <laughs> <laughs> call that a Damien Demento? <laughs> Dave, can I call you back in like 15 minutes? Then we can start recording. I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta go make a Damien Demento. I'll be right Thanks, back. Thanks, dude. You're, you're bringing analog into this. <laughs> That's going to be the new bit. That's going to be the Thanks. new bit. Like, from now on, anytime we go back and we talk about recapping these shows and watching, we're going to 
tell everyone that I skipped this match to go pull a Damien Demento. Or, or in my case, I could say, um, I begged my wife to give me a Damien Demento so I didn't have to watch another fucking Max Moon match where there's fucking laser beams. <laughs> and my wife's feeling like, what the fuck's a Damien Demento? I'm going to be like, well, you take your two hands and you, yeah, you're going to find <laughs> yeah. out the hard way. Yeah, bitch, bite the pillow. You're taking the dirt road home. <laughs> the coal miners go yeah. about. <laughs> Let's hook him up. <laughs> oh wait, that's your 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 recap in WCW this week. <laughs> but yeah, there's really nothing to see here in this match unless you yeah. have this have this you know growing desire to one day sit on your front porch with your grandkids and tell them where you were when you watched his debut 27 years later. Um, and um and what a shitty finish too, a jumping knee to the throat for the win. Um, yeah, I so weak. Yeah. Um, then we get an advertisement for Saturday night's main event taking place next week, but no matches are announced for us to care about. Still on the Weird. tarmac and in still Saudi on Arabia, Fox, right? Yes, Fox. Yes, must have still Weird. been on the tarmac in Saudi Arabia trying to figure out that <laughs> card. I don't know, or maybe back at the hotel. Who knows? Um, then the big boss man comes out for a special interview with Joey Buttafuoco um, to discuss his nightstick match with Nails. Um, that we've been waiting on since this son of a bitch showed up and beat him like his dick owed him money in the springtime. Um, <laughs> Bossman talks about facing nails in the match of the pay-per-view, and then he adds some sizzle to the stake in his promo, as JR would say, by climbing the pole in the ring and grabbing the microphone from Buttafuoco to tell nails that he better use the nightstick before he does, or he will do what society should have done to him. He's going to beat him with an inch of his life, and he can count on it. Um, nice little description. Bossman's going to pull out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. We have really, really jumped yeah. the rails this week, but I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, these are episodes like this we get to have fun. Yes, yes. I mean, and we're I, gearing down to the end of it. Yeah. So. And I mean, and if we can't have fun doing this, then, you know, shit, I'm going to have to go fucking get myself a Damien Demento when it's all said and done after we. <laughs> we are done recording um let's continue <laughs> let's continue on um uh, commercial break here we come back from the break and it's the survivor series report with gene mean uh breaking news the bushwhackers have grace graciously stepped aside to allow the nasty boys to team with the natural disasters to face money incorporated and the beverly brothers in the eight-man survivor series elimination tag team match then we get a pre-taped promo from the Disasters claiming that Money Incorporated and the Beverly Brothers are in for the fight of their lives. So pretty much the Survivor Series, it sounds like we're going to get a fucking murder. Um, Hopefully. I mean, they hired Nails, and he's a convict, so, you know, why not? Um, Bloodshed. Then Gene runs down the card with the WWF title match between Brett and Shawn Michaels, the coffin match between The Undertaker and Kamala, and then we get a pre-tape from the Coffin Workshop. Um, Bear, Paul Bearer spouts off some carnage that Undertaker plans to unleash on Kamala as he's trying to finish the damn fucking coffin and Paul Bearer's getting his fat ass in the way the whole time. Undertaker's <laughs> got to run circles around this prick just to fucking get a hammer and a nail to put down. <laughs> Real quick, what's the first coffin or casket match uh, in the WWF? I believe it's this one. This, to the no. best of my knowledge, but you might no. you might have stumped me. Find out next on the next episode 
bonus episode that's dropping. Uh, it's Digging in the Casket, Volume 1. Digging in the Casket. Yeah, and we'll feature the first casket match that was featured on WWF. It's actually between The Undertaker and The Ultimate Warrior. Really? Okay, why didn't I know that? I should have known that. Because they, they did the whole angle when Undertaker trapped Warrior in the casket. And and then they did body bag matches. And yeah. Then it, like, stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Uh, it's coming up. It, it'll be up tomorrow. Jack Lanza was swinging hammers to try and get Warrior out of the casket while Dave Hebner yep. was giving this cocksucker mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Yeah, and they talk about <laughs> they talk about Jack Lanza is, is slamming the mallet on there to be a prick to the under uh, Ultimate Warrior to like bash his ears because the <laughs> yeah because nobody liked him backstage. It's great. It's great stuff. I was swinging my mallet to be a prick once, and she said no. Um, <laughs> But yeah, stay tuned for that. Sorry to. No, no, no. That's all good. Cheap plug. No, no. I appreciate the cheap plug. Yeah, digging in the coffin. I, I'm looking forward to digging that. Digging in the casket. Digging in the casket. Excuse me. Yeah, because yeah. Sorry. Digging in the casket. Can't. 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 Yeah. Anyhow, um, we get a response by Harvey Whippleman telling the Undertaker, "You better make that coffin, that coffin comfortable as possible, because you're gonna be the one to go in in a Survivor Series." Um, and then we get an Ultimate Maniacs promo, um, which is pretty incoherent as usual from these two. Um, what I found mildly interesting from this promo was Ultimate Warrior sounded like he was singing a country music song when he was fucking talking. (laughs) Like, I didn't get what the, like, he was trying to do there, but he was, I don't know, his voice changed, it was something different. Most of the conspiracy theorists out there will probably say, well, that wasn't the real Ultimate Warrior because he died a long time ago, so that's why his voice was different. Because I'm sure you've heard that fucking story too, right, yes. Kobe? Yeah. Yes, yes. So anyhow, pretty much, you know. I, I believe I was a believer back in the day. Okay. All right. All right. Fair I enough. I thought there was two. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, that's why this will probably be the last podcast we ever do because you just admitted that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, commercial break here, thank fucking God. And then we come back from it, and it's high energy going up against high money. energy <laughs> against Money Corporate for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Um, good it, match, though. It was. You thought this was a good match, uh, as far as WWF goes for like opponents, like in the mid card range. I didn't think there was enough of. A, versus... I didn't think there was enough of a match. I felt like well, this match was too true. short. Um, that's what they could do, though. I mean, I guess that's what they did. Okay. Not what they could do. They could do more. Yes, you're right. But if it felt like it was too short. And, like, the other thing, too, is I don't know if the crowd wasn't into it, but um, at one point, if you go back and you watch and you see the audio and the video, um, it sounds like the fans are clapping, like they do the whole clap, 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 like while the guy's, you know, fighting back from the headlock yes. or the chinlock or whatever. But as they make, as they're, as the audio is making that noise, there the arena looked like the, all the fans were sitting on their hands. So oh, yeah. it seemed Definitely like that shit piped was piped in, in. Um, and it did not look like they were interested in this match until towards the very end. And then all of a sudden we get the lame finish with DiBiase <coughs> hitting the swinging neckbreaker on Owen for the victory. Um, yeah, he cuts him off short. Yeah, I didn't. I, victory. It didn't. I mean, I was waiting for it to pick up, and it was short. It was like. Two minutes long. I just, I, I don't know. 
Um, yeah, it's like they cut the match a lot, or the match was shitty. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they must have. They, yeah, I really don't know. To be to be quite honest with you, um, we get an event center with Gene Mean as uh, the model cuts a promo, you know, in front of the green screen, and he talks about how long it took Tatanka to get his buffalo feathers back. Um, even Martell is calling out the booking inconsistencies in the promo. Um, yeah, he was like, he said, um, your your feathers are handed down from your ancestors. But he, it, <laughs> your ancestors? <laughs> yes, but I know he meant ancestors, but he said ancestors, but I was fucking crying laughing. Yeah. Oh, my And he was goodness. like, he might even want to smoke the peace pipe with me after the match. Well, it's like shit. He's gonna get him high after the match after he beats him. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Vince. Vince wasn't too pleased to to hear that. Concerned he's about God to go on fucking trial fuck? for. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's the last thing he Tell wants. Tell him to. you're gonna do Ico Pro at least. <laughs> Tell him you're gonna eat a bowl of cereal backstage and play cribbage. <laughs> this peace pipe nonsense. Terry's not here. Not legal yet. Yeah. Um, then we get a pre-tape interview with no green screen with uh, Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon, and Ric Flair. Um, and uh, they talk about being survivors and how they're just going to keep on keeping on. And they're going to survive at the expense of the Ultimate Maniac at the Survivor Series. Woo! Then we go to commercial. And we come back from the break, and it's Vince running down next week's show as we get Kamala, Marty Jannetty returning, the Head Shrinkers, Nails, a special interview with the Natural Disasters, and the featured match, the Repo Man, going one-on-one with the British Bulldog for the Intercontinental Championship. We get uh, some pre-tapes from both guys. Um, Repo Man, I'm sure, telling Bulldog that he's going to repossess the title, and then Bulldog telling him that I'm going to take your camel toe up, and I'm going to repo you. I'm going to steal your trench coat, and I'm going to find my crack pipe in the corner pocket. Because <laughs> I know you took it, Repo Man, just like it, just like Owen always took my towel when I goes out of the shower. And that ends WWF Superstars for November the 7th, 1992. I had a lot of fun really shitting on this episode. Yeah. Um, it wasn't bad. It, it was overall, it was okay. It wasn't bad. Full disclosure, <laughs> I know you recap Saturday night. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but um, I didn't get a chance to watch it, so you're going to be kind of you know, taking the lead here, and I'm just going to kind of react to, uh, to, to, to what was going on. But um, I heard this was an extended edition of WCW Ooh. Saturday Night. <laughs> Dave, I thought you tricked me. I thought you tricked me because you were like, yeah, I'm covering superstars this week. I was like, sure. And then I got on WCW, and it's one hour and 55 minutes. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, what the fuck is going on? I didn't try. Uh, they must have had like a, a three hour episode. Like, I don't know. They were filling a lot of time. But for some reason, the the promos, everything like went by really quick until the last hour mm-hmm. or the last half hour. Really, it slowed down the pace. Uh, we'll get into it as I run it down as fast as I can. Um it's the King of Cable first round tournament bouts as Tony Schiavone runs through 
it's so fast that I have to replay it a couple times to get what's going down. It's going to be Barry Windham against Rick Rude and Brian Pillman against Sting. Wow. On paper and in the ring, those sound like great matches, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I said on last week's show, how the fuck did Tony Atlas get a spot in the King of Cable tournament against yeah, Vader? Yeah, Tony Atlas will go against Vader next week, yeah. But how the fuck did he get a spot in that tournament? What the fuck did Man, he do? Man, it's the whiteout. I did the whiteout painting. They thought I was autistic. They <laughs> said autistic I was aut- or artistic? I said autistic. <laughs> um, so the first I t- bout I coming I told up- you I was not going to Puerto Rico. After they killed Brody, I said, no, I ain't going down there to Jose Gonzalez and all them motherfuckers down there. They tried to kill me on the beach. I was walking on the beach. They had a big meeting. I told that lying son of a bitch motherfucker I'm doing the butcher. I caught Brody. Brody- Brought a ponytail when they cut him off and they cut him to bleeding. He said, Please don't let me die. Don't let me die, Tony. Jesus Christ. Getting close to, uh, get, you're cutting close, man. <laughs> you with the fucking puns. <laughs> Tex Slashinger and, uh, Shanghai Pierce. Ugh. Go against Shane Douglas and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Michael Hayes. Once his revenge on Eric Watts from last week, which you covered beautifully. Eric Watts picked up a big victory over Michael P.S. Hayes with the power slam. Fucking dusty finish right there. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't even le- the legal guy, but whatever. Gotta get, gotta get him over. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> I noticed new cuts in the introduction of this um, intro for WCW Saturday Night, like mm-hmm. where they cut matches of the promo, or like they cut like sequences of the matches, or like power slams. Like they introduced like new moves from everybody, like Brian Pillman, Stunning Steve, you know. They're changing everything. They're yeah. getting rid of Flair, you know, all that shit. Yep. Yeah, no, they're 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 revamping the uh the, the, the video package for the intro. Yeah. I noticed that too as well. Yeah, very cool. So the official opening of the match um is Jim Ross and Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts says that Sting don't think it's over. It's far from over. Um, he's calling back to the match that they had at Halloween Havoc where Jake lost in the coal miners glove match where he got bit by his own snake. Um, yeah, some interesting stuff there. Jim Ross then brings up Rick Rude losing the title to Masahiro Chono and Kinzuki Sasaki's involvement in the match and being a referee and Drake. Jake Roberts agrees that Rick Rude will get what he wants. He's just like a snake. He's going to get it. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that, then, should, that should be interesting. Yeah. Um, but Rick Rude does stay in the title picture for the next year. If we're being honest, you know? Yeah. No, he's not going anywhere. Um, then we toss to Rhubarb Jones, who introduces Kenzuki Sazaki. He's going against Chick Donovan, 
who looks like your local tire guy. He's going <laughs> to rotate and balance your tires, and uh, he's going to put on that robe. Why does he wear that greasy robe? Anyhow, uh, we notice the music that they use for Kenzaki is every Japanese star that they have in WCW. It's the it's like the uh yeah the talking heads version of japanese people yeah they they seem they seem to have a trend where they where they do the 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 japanese music and they just put like every random japanese star that makes an appearance to have the same music yeah Um, yeah call it stereotyping call it whatever you want but um yeah, I it's think, Bill Watts. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, definitely Bill Watts. Yeah, Kenzuki Kenzaki, uh wins with a rolling armbar, pinning Chick Donovan. It's a decent showcase of Kenzuki, but uh, yeah, it's like it's a throwback to the studio wrestling vibes of like putting a guy over. He's gonna beat a jobber, but it's a an impressive match. It's not like WWF superstars where we've seen where Razor Ramon just dominates throughout the whole match, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we toss to Teddy Long with Sting, who will be in the main event going against Brian Pillman. Sting says, get this, Brian Pillman, he changed his attitude. He has a serious attitude. He needs an attitude adjustment. <laughs> Literally, that's what he says. Um, which is like a precursor for the origin of attitude. Uh, Brian Pillman really influences a lot of the change of wrestling in these days. I honestly feel like he would have been one of the cornerstones of the 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 peak of the attitude era. Like, you know... You, you, we would be we would be talking, you know, Austin, Rock, DX, Mankind, Undertaker, Brian Pillman. Like he would definitely be in the conversation. You know what I mean? Even if it even if it was even if it wasn't so much for his in ring work, but more for his um, the personality. Um, yeah, we would be talking about Brian Pillman a hundred percent during the peak of the Attitude Era. Absolutely, I think. Um... With what they had with him in Austin, they could have built off of further. And if he was in ring more, he could have built off that feud with the Hearts and the Heart Foundation. Yep. And then with with Steve Austin further. Yeah. Um, and then Dustin Rhodes and then have a history there with all those guys, which he did, which we're covering right now. Yes. Um, which is great. But this is the... And this is him, like you talked about it the other week, and I talked about it weeks past. He's the innovator of the punt. He is the guy who brought the attitude into the modern-day era of cable, Mm -hmm. uh, like absorbing wrestling through cable television weekly. Yep. He really... Brought a lot of that, man. He is the origin of attitude. And a lot of people skip over that. Like, he did that shit with Dustin Rhodes, where they did the gold dust angle. And, like, even that was, like, 
that was ahead of its time. Yeah, that was know? some pretty heavy stuff for 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 1997. But um but we saw a little shades of that in 1992 here. We definitely did. And not to get too far ahead, yeah. Uh he unlocks the key to the attitude era. Yeah, and next coming up Clash of Champions will be on November 18th. Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes will defend their unified tag team titles against Shane Douglas and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Wow. And then the Battle Bowl will commence. And stay tuned for all that on TBS for the Clash of the Champions. It's great. It's coming on regular cable TV, you know, a big event. Oh, yeah. Uh, Back from a commercial, and it's Rhubarb introducing Johnny B. Bad. Oh, God. He's going against Bob Starr. A huge sunset flip off the top rope from Johnny, and he rolls Bob Starr. One, two, three. Bob Starr tries to attack Johnny B. Bad after the match, and he gets a left hook for a good measure, and that's it. Um, Yeah. Nothing to see there. We go to a commercial and back, and it's Jim Ross with Johnny B. Bad and their ringside and talking about his um, upcomings. And all of a sudden, Scotty Flamingo, who we know as Raven nowadays, uh, he comes out, and these are two men clearly having personality crisis. Am I not? Wrong. I no. Mean, oh, certainly not. This is awful. Johnny talks about giving Bob Starr the tutti fruity, which I guess that's an innuendo. But Scotty Flamingo comes out and says, "Hey, got a pretty mouth." Yeah. He 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 uh, he slaps him in the mouth, and uh, Johnny B. Bad gives him a kiss sticker on his his mouth. Yeah. I didn't have to watch this to find out this is fucking stupid. Yeah. This is pretty shitty. Dumb. It I mean, they're going through the motions of like building that Johnny B. Bad and uh Scotty Flamingo feud. Which Scotty Flamingo is struggling. Struggling really bad. Yeah. It it makes you think like Raven, like where did that come out of, you know? He must have just been like, I'm on my fucking last leg. I need to do something. Yeah, he threw something against the wall and it stuck this time around. JR tosses to Rhubarb and from Los Angeles, California, it's done to Steve Austin. And uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. He comes out to face his opponent, Ricky Nelson, um, who can't even. Face to look the camera or the hard mic like during like his introduction. He just looks away from everybody. He's like, I'm about to get jobbed out. Uh, way to give it away, Ricky. Thanks. Anyhow, Jake Roberts, who is on commentary for this episode, says, I think a guy like Stunning Steve could be a world champion one day. And he's not wrong. He is not wrong at all. Um... Then all of a sudden, stun gun, and it's over. Stunning Steve beats 
Ricky Nelson. Surprise, right? Oh yeah, I I mean I didn't see that coming at all. You know, I that was that was a total <laughs> totally blindsided. Like I'm gonna have to watch next week to find out what happened. Like and I then really with, am. and then with uh, Jake Roberts and Jim Ross ringside, they say Thanksgiving night will be carrying on the tradition of wrestling here in Atlanta, but this time it'll be an eight man battle, four on four, anything goes. Come dressed as you are, Thunder Cage 92. It's street fight rules as well. Damn. Jake says, you can wear anything you want in the ring. I'm going to get in there with a nice uh, silk onesie. And then I'm going to have some uh, thigh liners and uh, four-inch stilettos. Sting, I'm coming for you. Yeah, that's how I felt about the way that they were hyping that. But anyhow, it's going to be dressed as you are. So I'm sure some guys are going to have spikes on their wrist or their leather jackets or something like that. You know, cheesy cheesy wrestling. Yeah. And that's going down Thanksgiving night in the Omni. So, yeah. Jim Ross then says... uh, we came back to um, focus on this match between Eric Watts and Michael Hayes. And uh, then all of a sudden, Jake Jake the Snake Roberts rolls his eyes and goes, Eric Watts. <laughs> and he looks at the monitor and he just rolls his eyes again. Uh, yeah, him and Bill Watts did not get along. Correct. No, no, no. There, I, I've talked about it before when I met Jake at the... Um at his, uh, his live show, and I asked him why his run was so short, because his first words were, because Bill Watts is a piece of shit. That's exactly... Yeah. And he talked about, yeah. you know, he cost him so much money, and they wouldn't let him be, you know, who he was with the gimmick, with the snake, and just was not a good dude. He was a... He was a he, he screwed him over big time, according to Jake. So um, yeah, but when you when he said Bill Watts was a piece of shit, I mean that was you know pretty self-explanatory right there. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Back from a commercial, and we get Jim Ross and Jake Roberts talking about Eric Watts and his training again. Uh, the Dangerous Alliance has had an issue, and putting down and keeping down Eric Watts. And we get a recap of Eric Watts pinning the super intruder two weeks ago. And then last week we get him uh, getting a shadow pin, Michael P.S. Hayes, or as the referee counted, one, two, three, even though Michael P.S. Hayes was not involved in the match. Jake Roberts says, maybe he's, he's good. Maybe he's not. And I think the latter, um, but <laughs> yeah. Maybe he has a future, maybe he doesn't. And I think the latter. The latter. Yeah. So that's about that. So then we toss to Tony Schiavone and Eric Watts. Oh, my God. And we fucking talk about his training with the Japanese talent. What the fuck? Like, Bill Watts talked Masahiro Chono and Kenzuki Suzaki and Hiro Matsuda into training his fucking son or doing some type of gimmick in the ring to where it looks like they're training him. So all of a sudden, Eric Watts puts Kenzuki Suzaki's finisher, that rolling arm bar, on him, pins him. Then he fucking locks the SDF on Masahiro Chono, and Chono taps out really quick. What the fuck, dude? 
Yeah. I hate, They're look, putting him over really hard. Yeah, I can imagine how that conversation went between Watts and those three guys. You, 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 I think I think I can I think I can give you guys an accurate depiction of how that conversation went. Are you ready? Yes. All right. All right, boys. Um, I, I know you don't really understand English, but I need you three Oriental fellas to train my boy because my boy can't wrestle for shit, all right? And you may not understand what I'm saying, and I'm probably going to say something really fucking racist, but you're just going to smile and nod, and you're going to train my boy. Why? Because I'm paying you motherfuckers to do so. Oh, now, pretty much. <laughs> um, don't tell Hank Aaron I said that. <laughs> Michael P.S. Hayes is then ringside, and he talks a bunch of shit to Eric Watts and says he beat his daddy for his first major championship. So he's going to do the same, and you're going to carry on that fate of getting beat by Hayes. Okay? And he can do two things, nothing and like it. All right, Michael P.S. Hayes, thanks for bringing us back to 86. <laughs> dude, um, dude, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we toss to um, Scotty. Yeah. And he says he's offered. That's um, Scotty Flamingo, everybody. Scotty Flamingo. He says he's offered Johnny B. Bad um, one last shot but uh he lost a bunch of change and his uh face connected with his hand what a goofy fucking character i mean it's just it's scotty flamingo or raven if you will he's talking like yeah boy i fucking i hit him in the face and i lost my coins like that's the way he's talking it's very like vinnie vegas like you would never imagine that these characters like kevin nash or raven would be these goofy fucking people on WCW. But they were. Really were. Yeah, that's fucking brutal. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. And he was uh, on twice on this show? Twice? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. More than one segment with this prick. I'm, I'm, then glad, we go, I, I'm sorry that you had to watch this episode. I really am. Oh, I, I truly Oh, it's am. okay. I'm trying to get through it as fast as I can. I have okay. like six more paragraphs. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hold on. Gonna, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Just, just wake me up when you get to about five and a half of those paragraphs. I think I'll be done um, getting off my high from Davy Boy's crack from 27 years ago. Thank you. No problem. We go to uh, the ring, and in the ring, it's Bob Cook. And from Baltimore, his opponent, jumping Joey Mags. Oh, wow. Look, Joey Mags on now. both shows. He's, he's jumping. jumping from program he to program. He wasn't jumping on the other show, but apparently yeah. he's jumping on your fucking show. Okay. I see how it is. Yeah. Jim Ross is trying to put this match over and says, uh, I mean, these guys have like basic skill levels and for both of them, that's a good opportunity. <laughs> and I wish the best man, um, you know, yeah. basically saying that these guys are okay. They have basic exactly. skills. Exactly. These, 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 these fellas are okay. They're not that good, but they're okay. They might Please. have some potential, but potential don't pay for the groceries. Stay tuned for this three-hour program. 
Yeah. For God's sake. We're going to have a lot of basic skilled wrestlers here on today's program of WCW Saturday. Now, we're not going to have no superstars. We're going to have a lot of basic skilled wrestlers. Guys that might be able to get the job done. A little 50-50. I'm not sure. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they lose. But it's going to be basic skilled wrestlers. Not like my boy Doc, but it's going to be basic skills. Yeah. It, it's weird at this time. Like We were just talking about weeks ago. Like There's so much wrestling going on at this time in 1992 do you think the oversaturation of wrestling kind of killed it as well i'm sure it did i'm sure it did and that's what i'm afraid of to take place during this current era of wrestling with all the wrestling Uh, it's already there my 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 boss is already like i don't know if i can stick with AEW. oh really yeah really he's an old school uh purist so okay I See, know. I got the old I think school. The rip-off me, I... stuff of like things that they've done recently, and like I don't know. We got to see where it goes too. It's only okay. been two months. That's yeah, what yeah. I told him too. Still early. Like, wait, wait, wait. You know. But Still yeah, early. getting. I'm giving yeah, it getting, a shot. Yeah, getting back into this. Um, Jim Ross is trying to put the match over. Yeah, Bob Cook. Actually gives Joey Mags a float over suplex and pins him. Fuck, jumping Joey. You couldn't jump out of that. One, two, three. Bob Cook pins Joey Mags. What a terrible fucking. I don't know. Why is this even on the program? Because they had three hours, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm curious as to how they got three hours on. on I mean, and again, Raw gets I mean, three these hours are every Things that will happen so. if you team up with like. If you team up with a promotion or like an advertising company, they're going to be like, we want all this time. Yeah. So you have to fill, you know, it yeah. gets hard. Um, Tomorrow on main event, it's Ricky Steamboat and Nikita Koloff going against Flying Brian Pillman and Stunning Steve Austin. I want to see that match. That sounds like a pretty fun match. Right. That does sound like a pretty fun match. And didn't you say last week that this is one of the last times that we would see Nikita? Yes, that would be correct. So maybe that tag match is the last one? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know, because... Was that main event you said? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if that taping schedule for main event coincided with the Saturday night taping schedules. I'm not quite sure. So maybe it is. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, coming out next, it's Hard Nips Medusa. Uh, she is with the U.S. champion Rick Rude, and they talk ringside with Jim mm. Ross, and they're talking about the King of Cable tournament going down against uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, or Barry Windham, should I say. Um, Rick Rude is going to face Barry Windham, and uh, Rick Rude talks about going... Um on with the situation with Bill Watts and the Dangerous Alliance and how Bill Watts has screwed him over time and time again and the Dangerous Alliance has actually been a uh, a backup for him and this is not a bad storyline going forward don't you think like the authority versus the Dangerous Alliance and Rick Rude trying to be like a wrestling purist like yeah. he hasn't cheated really too much you know no, he's he's kind of like I said, like I've said before, he's kind of played the role of the babyface um, in many ways. You know, being screwed by the establishment. Um, it's been a you know very babyface like uh, move for him to um, 
it, you know, rest, he, he was going to wrestle twice at Halloween Havoc, and that didn't happen, but he managed to get a replacement in Vader against Nikita Koloff, but he was willing to take on the challenge. I mean, that yeah. sounds like a very babyface move, um, if you ask me. But, um, yeah, it was. Um, it, it, it definitely is a good, definitely is a solid storyline. This Watts Dangerous Alliance stuff, and then of course the the tension between Rude and and Dangerously and Medusa and all those elements and components that are um, ready to explode. Yeah, I thought I thought this was uh, you know over in hindsight looking back on it because like I said I didn't watch this episode. Um, good stuff uh, and and more um, more progression in the downfall. Of the Dangerous Alliance, if you will. Absolutely. Um, next match is Owen Strong in the ring to take on Dr. Death Steve Williams. Dr. Death Steve Williams shows off his strength and smashes Owen Strong into each corner, uh, carrying him over his shoulder and then tosses him down. And one, two, three. Um, yeah, he dropped him harder than if his last name was Owen. Oh my god. (laughs) Backstage, we're with Brian Pillman, and he says it's amazing what a new outlook will do for an athlete. And he's not wrong. Like the new the new gimmick of Brian Pillman has like it's 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 blown this guy to the forefront of wrestling, you know? Rather than being flying Brian and being like, yeah, hey, fans, I'm from Cincinnati. I was a Cincinnati Bengal, you know? Yeah. Like this badass punter, like, you know, he's got an attitude. He is the origin of attitude. Definitely. Yes. Brian Pillman calls Z-Man out, his former partner, and he says, see, what I'm doing is I'm going against Sting. And right now, you are doing nothing. And all of a sudden, Z-Man comes out ringside with Jim Ross and Brian Pillman. And Z-Man and Brian look at each other. And Brian says, I'm getting all the women. And I'm driving a Porsche 911. And you're still spinning your wheels. Wow. Some good stuff here. All of a sudden, Paul E. Dangerously comes out. And he says, see, I noticed you have the aptitude, Z-Man, but do you have the attitude? Holy shit, dude. Are we, like, onto something right here? I don't know. Uh, we just uh, like, might be. Uh, uh, it's fucking incredible. Um, They smile and pose, and it's Polly Dangerously posing with Brian Pillman, and Z-Man is like, what the fuck? And uh, it's an interesting segment, dude. Like, I'll have to go back and watch it. Aptitude of attitude, you know, like in 1992, Brian Pillman is that guy that's bringing that. And him being involved with Paul Heyman loosely at the end of the Dangerous Alliance, you know, unofficially, is very fucking interesting. That is a definitely, that's definitely an interesting, um, Element. Imagine if, uh, imagine if the Dangerous Alliance was kept intact, and you had Dangerously leading the group with Rude, Medusa. Let's say they didn't have their issues. Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson, Stunning Steve, Michael Hayes, and Brian Pillman. Yeah. That's a fucking lineup right there, man. Hall of and Fame. It seemed like he was across trying the to board. 
Exactly. And it seemed like in the segment, he was trying to lure Z-Man onto their side. Same yeah. with Brian. But they were like, if you're chicken shit, then come bring it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great storyline here. Uh, then we go to a long-winded recap of Starcade 1991 Battle Bowl. All the possibilities of the tag team ch- champion combinations for the next Battle Bowl coming up for 1992. Boo. Which Sting won, actually. Um, Spoiler alert. Last year. Yeah, last year. So, not too much of a spoiler alert, but that's like the equivalent of like WCW's Royal Rumble in a way. I kind of like the Battle Bowl concept. The two different guys, the oddballs teaming up together to then eventually go into a Battle Royal. I I liked it. People shit on it, but I kind of dug the concept the two rings yeah which it was actually uh sting and abdullah the butcher against brian pillman and uh i think shane douglas or somebody really okay or or somebody else oh no um fuck another heel okay but yeah it, it interesting that Pillman and Sting go against each other last year, and then they tie it into this, which is good. Uh, again, what we talk about with WCW often, where they tie in that sports feel and that recall of, like, you guys battled this time, and they beat you, you know? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, we go back to action, and it's hard-working Robbie Walker going against Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Boring shit. But Ron Simmons, the WCW world champion, is out there on ringside to support Robbie Walker because of the actions that, that you tossed about talked about last week. Um with the uh you know, black on black and Oh uh, my goodness. Dude. Jesus. Yeah. That was that was that was some pretty rough stuff. Yeah, they're like, still yeah. kind of loosely carrying this on. Um, Why? We get a step over arm bar tie up combination one two three. Robbie pins Buddy Lee Parker, and then all of a sudden Ron Simmons says Robbie supported him, and he's uh, he's a courageous guy. But I don't need anyone to fight my battles. And then Ron says, Tony, first things first, I'm going to teach you your ABCs. (laughs) Which is pretty good. Because you can't fucking speak on the mic. You can hardly fucking paint with white out. And he's got to tuck some sweatpants into some boots. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm going to teach you your ABCs. That's great. Yeah, and then Ron Ron Simmons says... He he basically gave away the finish of their next match. Yeah, he says, I'm here for you right now, and I'm going to take any of y'all on. Nobody shows up, but then he says, in the meantime, I'm going to show Robbie a thing or two, and the next time you think of taking advantage of him, it's going to be me and Ron Simmons or him and you, and you're going to find out different. All right, and they high five, and 
and Robbie Walker and Ron Simmons walk off. Oh, well then. Sidewalk slam off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Uh, oh, then boy. we go to the ring, and it's Michael P.S. Hayes with Paul E. Dangerously going against Eric Watts. Fuck Eric Watts. Fisherman suplex. Eric Watts <laughs> pins Michael Hayes clean. What the fuck? What the fuck? Anyhow, Jake Roberts on commentary says, it's actually a beautiful move. And I know it's the perfect plex, but Eric Watts is a piece of shit. He can't wrestle, and he can't carry a match, and he can't sell. He, he's, like, not believable, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Um, honest to God, Eric Watts has no coordination whatsoever. If he threw himself on the floor, he still would have missed. Like, that's how uncoordinated <laughs> he is. Like, holy cow. Like, yeah. I... Shit. Uh, nothing else. Continue. Yeah. Um... They just say it's a rookie surprise, I guess. Sure. We go to a commercial and come back, and it's JR with Paul E., who is explaining that Michael P.S. Hayes had a fever and pneumonia, and that's and he hadn't had a bit of sleep, and that's why he lost to Eric Watts. Sure. Um, then JR brings up Medusa and the issue with Paul E. Dangerously and the Dangerous Alliance. And then we get a recap of the situation that went down at Halloween Havoc. You remember you remember that, Dave, correct? Yes, I do. That's right. They got into it and uh, Medusa slapped the shit out of uh, Dangerously and uh, you know, we were off to the races. Yeah, it was really great. He was like, I'm a male. You're a female. You are a woman, woman, woman. You do what I say. I'm a man, man, man. He was trying to like really put that over the top. Um, Paulie then says that he's a male and he's here to dominate. The female species was put here on Earth for the male to dominate. Okay. All right. Um, Yeah. Then Bill Watts comes out and says, Paul. You want to be on primetime? Then I'm going to give you a better primetime spot. You are going to go against Medusa with one hand tied behind your back. Like you said, you could beat her. And Paul E starts like crying and says, no, at the clash. No, 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 no. Like, you know, fighting it off. But that's what's going to go down at the clash of champions. It's going to be Medusa against Paul E. One hand tied behind his back. Very okay. cool. Intergender match. 1992, yeah. everybody. That's, yeah. no, that's good stuff there. That's definitely good stuff. Um, I'm going to have to go back and watch that clash. That sounds yeah, like absolutely. a pretty good, pretty, pretty good card from what you've uh, described on this episode. Yeah. Uh, still more to come. I got three more paragraphs and then we're out. Uh, commercial and back, we get the semi-final bout. Uh, one fall, 15-minute time limit. It's Shanghai Pierce and Tex Slashinger going against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Shane Douglas. 1992, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is on fire. Fuck. Holy shit. Like, he is, he is the man right here. 
in this match. This is a great match. You guys need to watch this. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat carries this match for everybody in it. Um, Crossbody out of nowhere from Shane Douglas to Tex Slashinger. Slashinger. One, two, three, and the faces win. Uh, That's about it, but I, I would really say that Ricky Steamboat, like, he's the man at this point, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For 1992. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he definitely, uh, definitely didn't miss a beat and, uh, you know, delivered any, in any situation he was put in tag team singles, main event. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you think about it, he's Ricky, the steamboat dragon. No. <laughs> Ricky steamboat, the dragon. The dragon. Yeah, bring it back. Uh, then we get a re big recap and the history of Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham and this past year of them tagging up. What happened first? Um, Barry got his arm smashed in the car door by the Dangerous Alliance, or was that Dustin? Uh, I believe that was Barry. Yes. Yes, it was so, Barry that that happened to at Halloween Havoc 1991. Yes, literally a year ago. And these guys have been going through the motions since then, mm-hmm. which is great. Now they're tag team partners, and uh, Barry has missed a few flights and dates and uh, come up late. And he and Dustin Rhodes have argued, but they still have won the tag team championships. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great story. Yes, yes, we've talked about it a little bit. It's good ebbs and flows, and uh, you know they've they haven't uh, they haven't rushed this. I, I will say it's it's been pretty good. No, absolutely. Uh, we get a commercial and and back, and it's Jim Ross with Dustin Rhodes, and Jim Ross says, "Are you ready for the clash?" And Dustin's like, "I'm ready for the clash. We're going against Steamboat and Douglas." And then all of a sudden, Steamboat and Douglas come out and they uh, shake hands with Dustin Rhodes and they say thank you for the opportunity very facey of all these guys Barry is MIA everybody Barry is MIA once again yeah then we go to WCW up close with Tony Schiavone and Jake Roberts Jake the Mountain Man, uh, he mentions the DDT and that no man has gotten up from that and walked away. Wait until you see wrestling in 2019, Jake. <laughs> but uh, everybody stopped doing that W that DDT once he joined WCW, which he's not wrong about. Like everybody took that out of their repertoire. And uh, Jake has been carrying that for a good while. Mm -hmm. And he says, as far as Sting goes, when I want to, I'll reach out and touch him. Which is, I'd love that as a heel line. I'm going to reach out and touch you. You know, like, I'll get you then. Uh, But next week, it's going to be Jake and Dustin Rhodes in the first round of the King of Cable Tournament. And Jake says he'll make his mark. 
Then we go out to the ring, and it's the U.S. heavyweight champion, Rick Rude, accompanied by Medusa Hardnips. Uh, and his opponent... I have to check these Hardnips out, because I had a thing for Medusa when I was a kid. So fucking hard uh, during this episode. And his <laughs> his opponent, Rick Rude's opponent, is Barry Windham. About to pull a Damien Demento. <laughs> Yeah, it's Rick Rude and Barry Windham in the first round of the King of Cable tournament. It's a great match. Uh, I mean, decent. You know, like, better than what we would see on most shows. Mm -hmm. Um, It boils down to, all of a sudden, Rick rolling Dustin into a regular schoolboy, and he pulls the tights and then grips the ropes. Like, he, like, really puts his weight on all the ropes and pins Dustin by cheating one, two, three. The referee doesn't see it. Rick Rude advances. Wow. The crowd is not happy about it at all. But okay, decent showcase for both the guys. Then the main event. Here it is, last one. It's Brian Pillman out to face Sting. Wow, this is a fucking match. Everybody watch this match. Good Good shit. Like, Pillman puts Sting over in the best way ever. Um, I, I've never really truly been, like, a like a Sting fan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I respect his work, but, like, can't really carry a good, like, story, thought, thought-provoking psychological match. Um, Pillman helps him out during this. But... Pillman carries him back, and then they get a back body suplex from Sting to Pillman, and he bridges one, two, three. Sting pins Pillman. Shit. Uh, We go to a commercial, and we come back, and we still have time, so Jim Ross says, I'm going to talk to Vader coming out next. So we go to a commercial and come back, and it's fucking Jim Ross for the last five minutes talking to Vader and his manager, Harley Race. And they're talking about breaking the back and neck of Joel Thurman, which happened on last week's Worldwide, where Vader powerbombed a dude and broke his back or neck, apparently. Um, I think that's pseudo-shoot. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyhow, Vader is going to go against Tony Atlas next week in the King of Cable tournament. And Harley puts over uh, Vader and Tony and says, no one compares to Vader, though. No Vader... one compares to my big fan, Vader. Exactly. Because I am the greatest manager on God's green earth. Vader's like, Tony, you want to be the next Joel Thurman? I'm going to take you out. And then all of a sudden, Ricky Steamboat comes out and says, you hurt people like Joel Thurman? You're going to make him like a Joel Thurman? Well, I want to be someone that'll beat you. And oh my God, they start to separate Ricky Steamboat and Vader, and we go off the air. And that's your episode of WCW Saturday Night. Good stuff. Good stuff, though. Yeah. I I I I appreciate you trudging through that cuz I'm sure it was a lot. Yes. 
two hours. Yes. <laughs> Man, but I appreciate it, and I'm sure I'll be in for it next week when we recap, and I have Saturday night, and they just so happen to have a fucking rain out of the Braves game, so they put fucking four hours on that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Saudi show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, folks, we're here. <laughs> we're here in South, South yeah. Peachtree Avenue in Atlanta, Georgia, for the crown jewel. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I know a long winded one, but an action packed one. Um, what would you say for this week, Dave? WWF or WCW? I'm going to go with WWF slightly, not much better. Um, I felt like the WCW one kind of at times there was some good stuff, but kind of, I don't know. I just felt like there was too much going on. I think um, there's something uh, happening because I'm with you. Like WWF yeah. was good enough, short enough and like fulfilled my need for wrestling and storytelling. And WCW was just long winded. I felt like we were back at the beginning again of yeah. everything. Um, it really did, you know? Yeah. Um, and all, like all of a sudden within these last couple of weeks, WWF found their little niche. and They're like, uh, we got our pocket. Like we know how to produce our show and present yeah. it to our fans. And they're really coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, this week, it, I mean, not that there wasn't like, t- I mean, the, 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 Putting Scotty Flamingo in two segments was a dumb fucking idea. Um, I have it filmed with Eric Watts too. Like it was just there wasn't. I don't know. It just too much. It was it was too much to consume. Um, the the Sting Pillman stuff, Rude and Wyndham, you know, good stuff, but you know, just not enough to 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 pull out the victory for me. Agreed. So we're going with WWF superstars. Superstars and for the win, week number two. Yeah. Two in a row for superstars. Look at that. I think that might be a first. I'll have to go back and check in the archives, but it might be a first. We have them here or there. So. Yeah. Keep up. But yeah, definitely. Everybody, thanks for joining us. As always, you can find Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network by searching any podcasting app. Searching Retromania with a W. That's W-R-E-T-R-O-M-A-N-I-A. And you can always find us on podcast Retromania Pod or on Facebook at Retromania with a W. Or write to us old school style Retromania at Gmail. Dave, where can we find you and kick it out at two and sign us off and we will get out of here. Facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two, as well as our Twitter. Our handle is at kicking out two. Links to archive shows, articles, videos, pictures, debates, discussions, maybe some watch parties, all that stuff on both of our social medias, both on Facebook and on Twitter. All right, brother. I will catch you next week. It's been a pleasure. It has. Good to, good to have you back, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>